Hi, everybody. Welcome to Triple Threats and Beyond. I'm your host, Roy George. And on the phone today, we have the fantastic Drew Gasparini. How are you, Drew? Hi, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Good. It's great to have you on the show. We're so excited. Thanks for being here. Absolutely my pleasure, man. I'm excited to be here as well via the uh, <laughs> via the telephone. <laughs> you know, you got to make it happen how you can make it happen, right? That's how this business works, man. <laughs> I get it. It's all good. So what are you working on these days? What's going on? Oh, gosh. So many things. Uh, right now, currently in the works, uh, I am. I just left my office in New York City where I, I share a space with uh, an actress named Julia Madison. Okay. And uh, an actor who everybody in the Broadway world knows at this point. He just got nominated for a Tony. Uh, my best friend, Alex Brightman. Yes. And... Uh, yeah, go Alex. And uh, we all share a space in New York City together, and we're writing a television pilot at the moment. And on top of that, Alex and I are writing two new musicals. Uh, one is called It's Kind of a Funny Story, and uh, it's for, um, I mean, I'm really not even supposed to say that, and it's for Omega Studio. Uh, and the other one that we're working on is an adaptation of the children's novel, and I'm so excited about this. I'm excited about all of them, but I'm currently working on this one in particular. It's called The Whipping Boy. It's based on the Sid Fleischman uh, children's novel, and Alex and I are working on that as well. So oh, a lot awesome. of things in the air right now. Well, that's, so it seems like you're really bored and not doing much with your life. <laughs> <laughs> I have a zest. Like, as what I like to say to people is I have a... A very loud and present zest for the life I have, and I know that this is kind of a pinch every day. It's like a pinch myself kind of day that I get to collaborate with my friends for a living. Absolutely, I get to write music for a living. You know what I mean? It's all like holy shit kind of stuff all the time. Absolutely, I'm always smiling, always smiling. Now, when did you start writing? How old were you? Uh, the first song I wrote, I was 12 years old. Oh, my God. And it was a Mother's Day present for my mom. Well, look at that. And it was kind of a, a bit of kind of fitting for today because today is Mother's Day. Absolutely. Happy Mother's Day. Tell the mom about that. <laughs> Absolutely. Happy Mother's Day. That's Happy so cool. Mother's Day. Uh, yeah, so I wrote that song when I was 12 years old, and it was kind of a graphic retelling of me karate kicking my way out of the womb. Oh. It was a really weird song. Okay. It was not a good song. It was just the first song I ever wrote. And then from there, I just kept writing. Now, will we hear that song on, like, a disc sometime or on a record? No, because no one buys discs anymore. Really. I know. I real As soon as I said it, I was like, he's totally going to get me for the disc <laughs> comment. Oh. oh, that's hilarious. Literally as soon as I said it. <laughs> the likelihood of anybody hearing that song ever at any point in their lives, including myself, is very slim to none. I can't imagine <laughs> that that song will ever re resurface. I feel like it could be a top 20. You never know. <laughs> you, that's very true. You never know. I should never say never. Oh, my. Now, where did you go to school, to college? Uh, well, I, I kind of did and did not go to college at the same time. Okay. I went to a... Uh, music, what I refer to as a music trade school called Musicians Institute in Hollywood. And I was there for maybe five weeks before I decided that the school there, particularly that school, 
was not really cut out for how my head was working. Right. And I, uh, so I just kind of abandoned ship and didn't finish college and just tried doing it, becoming a self-made person. I think that suited me more. And so uh, Musicians Institute is where I went, but I certainly did not finish college. I dropped out. Okay. That's cool. I mean, no hate, no hate, no hate towards college. I teach at a lot of college programs now, and I think education is absolutely vital and important, but there are certain brains that can't handle it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, when did you write your first show, like fully complete show? Uh, The first musical I ever wrote was a show called Crazy Just Like Me, and I was 19 when I began it, and I was 20 when I finished it. So that was about about 10 years ago. Wow. That's so awesome. Now... Yeah, it was was, was a fun accident. (laughs) So what... I feel like everybody asks this question, and I'm just going to be another one of those obnoxious people... What comes Bring first? It on, baby. It's all good. <laughs> the lyric or the melody? Uh, depends on what I'm writing. I think the easiest answer for this is there's really no rhyme or rhythm. And I do that on purpose. I know that a lot of writers have like their style and their technique and they have whatever it is that they do to get them their best product. Right. I always try to kind of do it differently every time. So that I can keep growing and changing as a writer, so that I don't just sound like the same song over and over and over again. Right, exactly. And I know that I already have like a built-in style as to what like my aesthetic is, but like when it comes to music first or lyrics first, that goes either way. It depends. More than likely, it'll be if it's a theater song, lyrics come first because I think lyrics are king of a theater song. And for a pop song, it's got to be melody because you want people tapping their foot. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Now, who have you written pop-wise for that you just absolutely love? Can I ask that question? I mean, I just did. Who have I written what? So you've written pop music, and who's sung some of your songs that you've been like, oh my God, this is crazy. What is my life? Like, who have have sung my songs before that it was, like, crazy? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, I don't know who I'm allowed to say because most of them are, like, on albums that are about to come out. (laughs) Oh, got you. Okay. uh, But, I mean, you know, just for all the theater and pop fans out there, I think it was kind of fun to have Catherine McPhee sing my stuff on Smash. Absolutely. That was was probably the first really cool one. That's crazy. But then, and now on some other pop projects I'm working on, it's a lot of artists that uh, you would definitely know, but there's no announcement made, and I don't think I should be no, talking absolutely. about it. Absolutely. For other legality reasons. Absolutely. Totally understand. Now, Thank you for being understanding. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> what, is, what was your first Broadway show that you saw? First Broadway show I saw, I think, I think, like, on Broadway, definitely not the first musical, but the first Broadway show I saw on Broadway was Beauty and the Beast, I think. Me too. It was? It was. I saw it with Susan Egan and Tom Bosley. I couldn't even tell you who I saw it with, but all I remember (laughs) is it was, like, the last week of performances. Like, they were about to not be at that theater anymore. They were about to close up shop. And, uh... I went to the show with my whole family. I was like 20, and it was I, it was kind of late in my life to have visited New York for the first time. I was 20 years old, 
and Beauty and the Beast being the first one, and since it was on their way out, all the cast, like, really, they seemed depressed or tired or they were yeah. kind of half-assed in the whole show. And I was so disheartened by that because I was like, oh, but I thought probably it was supposed to be, like, the end-all, be-all of the Beast. <laughs> And everybody, like, there, I'm not making this up. The guy who played Maurice at the performance I was at, he said, he, like, flubbed up a line. And then in the middle of the flub up, he was like, oh, Bill, what are you, th-? never mind, hold on, I forgot my line. He oh, no! He, it was like community theater, and I'm like, this isn't Broadway. But then the next night, uh, we all went to see Dirty Rod Scoundrels, and I was, like, blown away by that. So yes. that was a good redeeming aspect of the trip. All right, that's fair. That's so sad, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so sad, isn't it? It was really disheartening. Oh, that's awful. See, my, and I saw it, and it was fantastic. Well, I'm sure I had bad Beauty and the Beast luck, Roy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Now, who are your musical influences in theater and in pop music? Um, in theater, I think. I'm just going to say it because I think if I don't say it, I'll get struck by lightning by some of the theater guys. <laughs> Stephen Sondheim. Stephen Sondheim is obviously one of the greatest theater writers of all time, and sure, absolutely, he inspired me. I think my favorite musical theater composer, um, like I just really like his style, is David Yazbek. Yes. I really love David Yazbek. I think he's amazing. Janine Pastore, I think, is another one who's just like so versatile and outstanding and uh, when it comes to pop uh beach boys the beatles okay i really really love the dave matthews band which is they people laugh at me when i say that but i actually think that they are some of the most inventive songwriters and musicians in our time yeah i think so and uh led zeppelin and like you know the elton john the billy Joel's, and all those people i'm right. inspired by so many different things. And I listen to a lot of hip-hop, and I listen to a lot of country. It all just comes in. I like it all. That's awesome. Now, have you seen The Hamilton? Of course I have seen The Hamilton. <laughs> I actually got a really cool story about the time I saw The Hamilton. Yeah. And I really enjoy calling it The Hamilton, by the way. Thank you for introducing me to that. You're welcome. Um, it's like a movement, so we might as well. I appreciate that. <laughs> That's going to be a new hashtag. Yes. Um... So the first so I saw the Hamilton, I was at the public when it was off Broadway. Yeah. And I took my sister I took my sister to see it. And I'm sitting I swear to God, I'm sitting right next to Jake Gyllenhaal. I'm sitting next to Jonathan Groff because he was about to take over for Brian Darcy James like the next day. And on the other side of me was uh Hillary and Bill Clinton and like an entire crew of Secret Service members. Oh my god. It was absolutely bananas. And so, like, Bill Clinton being world famous for not only being the president, but he had one of the biggest, loudest affairs with Monica Lewinsky. And then there was that whole moment in Hamilton where there's a song where they go, Hamilton will never be president because he had an affair on it with, his, uh, with the mistress. And oh, everybody was no. looking at Bill Clinton during that moment. It was really awkward. <laughs> That's uncomfortable. It was super uncomfortable, but you know what? It actually made the whole the Hamilton experience a lot better. That's hilarious. It was super cool, and I really, really love the show, and I think it totally deserves all the praise it's getting. It's so magnificent, and Lynn is such a homie. He's so good at what he does, and he's got such a gifted brain. The whole thing is great. That's awesome. It really, you know, I went to see it, and 
you know how people go to shows and there's a huge hype over it and then you see it and you're like, eh, it was okay. This show yeah. lived up to the hype that it was. I actually think it exceeded because I feel like in Act One alone, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen it yet, which is probably half of America. Um, yeah, sorry about it, everybody. <laughs> there's like a thousand light cues in Act One alone. Like, it's brilliant. And it's I'm insane. Every song made you want to stand up and applaud. It was right? Like every song wasn't like a little moment. It was like a fucking giant number. Absolutely. And it will, you know, yeah. it's so beautiful because it makes you think of, I'm not a lighting person. I'm not a set person. I'm definitely a music, music dance type person. I love that aspect of theater. But just everything was sure. so submersive that you just were involved in all of it. You saw the light cues. You saw the set. You saw the choreography, the turntables. You saw it all. It was incredible it was ridiculous that yeah it was the, the show blew my mind still does I, I haven't seen it in about a year it still blows my mind go see it again i don't know i mean if I you can i, I don't it, think i can until 2020 now i mean if you can drop 2000 go for it i'm all about it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not spending my money i'm spending yours so go ahead knock yourself out yeah no that's fair that's fair that's fair um so you teach at a lot of colleges and different things like that. What inspires you to continue educating? Um, well, I come from kind of a long line of teachers. Uh, everybody, like my dad, comes from a long line of teachers in Italy. And okay. my mom is a music teacher. And uh, she, like, taught my whole family music. We all kind of went to the same school and daycare centers and stuff that she would teach at. And the reason I think it's so important is because if we don't keep teaching, especially someone who like actually works in business. I think it's important for someone like me or someone who's just absolutely hands-on in the field in New York and doing it themselves. Um, it's important for the people who just got here or the people who are struggling to make their careers happen to actually get some of that re-encouragement and know-how from the right. people who are actually doing it. And I'm not putting down teachers at conservatory programs. But I am saying that sometimes they give you the, the notion that everything we teach at this program is the only way it's done. And then they get to New York and it's not that way. Right. So I do think it's important for schools to have these master classes where they host people like me or another composer or an actor to actually say what it is like and how fast the business changes and how your mind has to change with the business. You know, mm -hmm. you can't just sit in one rule of thumb for theater because theater is an evolutionary art form. So for me, teaching, not just coming from the family side, uh, and that's why it's important to me, but also it is really important for me to see the business that I am in continue to grow and succeed based on the other people getting involved in it. Right. So I don't know if that answer made any sense. No, it sure did. It sure did. I <laughs> no, it definitely did. I think that everybody... Everybody educates in a different way, but I feel like the hardest part is when institutions aren't interested in making sure they educate properly and appropriately. I've, I've worked for a couple institutions where they haven't been to New York in ages and they haven't done Broadway auditions or tour auditions in ages. And they're telling these kids things that are just incorrect. So, yeah, I, I agree. Yes, 100%. And at one point in the 80s or the 90s, what they're saying was very valid. But now we're here in 2000, whatever, and it's not, it makes no sense anymore. No, you're right. That's exactly right. So it's kind of the philosophy I'm with, too. 
What do you find to be the most common mistake you see in young people these days? The most common mistake I see in young people, there are two. I'm going to say that there are two. Um, this one basically goes for girls and it's strictly for auditions. There is, I don't know if anyone's going to understand what I'm saying when I say this, but hopefully they do. Girls, young girls especially, who are coming from straight out of college or whatever, they all wear the same exact audition dress. And it's got to go. It is time to burn the dress. There's got to be something else you can wear that doesn't make you look like you're trying to fill a slot, but it makes you look like you're trying to get a job. Right. Dress like you. Dress Dress like your individual self, right. you know? Yep, absolutely. Um, and the other, the other thing that I think is a major problem is that people have, especially the younger the generation, people kind of have, or at least I've noticed, I shouldn't generalize and just say people as if everybody does it, but I, I've noticed that a lot of younger people, the millennial generation who are getting into this field, there are a lot of hard workers. And then there are a lot of people who expect it all to just happen because they've had success handed to them in the past. Right. And that is not a thing that flies. That is not a thing that works in this business and get eaten alive. There are very few examples of that actually working out. And they're all accidents. People are scared to reach out and network. People are scared to, like, shoot me or anybody an email just to say, hey, I'm new here. I'd love a cup of coffee and just to pick your brain and talk shop. That, to me, is a very hard worker and someone who has actually taken the business seriously actually has a thought in their head that thinks, I want to do something that changes. I want to do something that means something in this business. People who are scared to do that or people who are scared to self-promote themselves, right. it's okay to be a little shameless and it's okay to be a little forward. You know, if you can't get help from somebody in this business, you're screwed. And right. we're all here ready to help. We're all here ready to make it happen for you. So to everybody who's out there who's trying to get into the business, I just say be a little shameless. Let people know that you're awesome and reach out. Right. Absolutely. Know what you're good at. I think that's the same thing in auditions. I have a lot of, I've taught some kids here and there that want to go and audition for parts that, unfortunately, they don't fit. And that's not because they're not good. It's just because... For instance, I don't, I'm sure you've probably heard about this whole Hamilton, all Hamilton so oh, white yeah. thing. And it's so interesting to me as an African-American, like, there's so many shows that I can't go for because of the race itself. Like, that's a thing. And it's a director's yeah. vision. It's a director's prerogative. And it's like working at a job. Your director gives you, or your boss gives you a uniform. You wear the uniform. You don't like the uniform, you get a new job. It just... It is what it is. exactly right. So it's so interesting how that became such a, oh my gosh, racial battle, which, I mean, personally, I didn't think it was, but I don't know. Well, people like to blow things up enormously just to make it more of an issue when it doesn't need to be. That's major major of an issue. Right. So when when you sit in on auditions, whether they're auditioning for you or if you get asked to sit in, do you see any mistakes yeah. that you can point out to our young individuals not to do? Uh, just like, are there big no-nos in the audition room? Like, once you get into the room, have you seen anybody that's done something that you're like, oh my God, nobody should ever do that ever again? Yes. Uh, well, yeah, like the one thing I always, always see is like, if someone screws up the word or if someone screws up 
the song or the audition at all, they blame the piano player. They like <laughs> never take the blame themselves. And the whole your job when you walk in is to be very communicative with the the pianist there who is there to play your song. Right. Just be honest with him and talk him through what you need, and they will absolutely do it. But when you like roll your eyes and stop at the guy like it's his fault and you screwed up or it's his fault and you forgot the words, which is my favorite thing when that happens, um, because they're blaming somebody else for them forgetting the words. Right. It's so silly to me. Um, just blame yourself, take the blame, own it, and you're gonna be you're gonna look a lot more charming than if you were to like look at someone and be like, Oh, it's totally his fault I screwed that up. I usually <laughs> do that better. You know what I mean? Right. No, I've been there. I have played. <laughs> I have played many an audition where somehow it is my fault. I'm like, I don't even know you, nor do I know your song. Yeah, exactly. I think the best one exactly. that I get is when people come in with like Spring Awakening or like some rock show that's really guitar driven, and then they come in yeah. with a piano accompaniment, and I play it, and like I play what's written most of the time. Yeah, exactly. And it's that's not... The guitar stuff doesn't translate to yeah. very well. They're like, what are you playing? And I was like, well, I don't know. Duncan Sheik wrote this, not me. So I feel like you'll have yeah, to ask him. <laughs> like, I have no idea. Yes. <laughs> also, wait, that's, a, that's another one to bring up now that you brought up Duncan Sheik. When the audition calls for a pop rock song, that doesn't mean Spring Awakening. Yeah. You find a pop rock song. <laughs> oh, every time. No, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> so every every guest that I have, I like to ask, I've recently started doing this, I like to ask them if they have a question that they want to put out there for the next guest. I can't tell you who the next guest is, but I want to know if you have a question that you would like to put out there for our next guest. It does not matter what it is. It can be political. It can be theater. It can be environmental. Whatever you want it to be. What would your question be? Okay. Uh... And I'm not allowed to know who the next guest is. You are not. Okay, so the question I would ask this person is, what do you think of Drew Gasparini's music? <laughs> well played. <laughs> That's, That's hilarious. There's only one right answer, by the way. I know, right? No. <laughs> well, now I'm going to ask you the question that was left for you, and then I'll tell you after you Absolutely. answer it who asked it to you. Oh, this is fun. I like this, Roy. It's a good time. Thank you. So here's the question. Sweeney Todd versus Les Mis, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, and just to be perfectly frank, and I'm going to get a lot of haters for this, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm not the biggest Les Mis fan. So... My thoughts are, in terms of a story that needs telling, I think there are both very strong components. And obviously those stories needed to be told or they wouldn't have poured out into such amazing music, right? Right. However, I think that Sweeney Todd is a way to flip a musical on its ear. And I have to give props to something that is absolutely so much more different in terms of the storytelling. We've seen like shows where there are tragedies and death and loss and stuff like that. And three and a half hours of that is really like overdramatic, hot operatic music is overkill. Three and a half hours of that is insane. Now, you give a psycho guy a, a fucking razor blade and some woman who makes them into pies, that's a fucking musical. You right. know what I'm saying? Absolutely. That's something different. Absolutely. 
That's so, so that funny. Sweetie Todd will always have my phone. If I had to put those two together, I think Sweetie Todd would kill Blaine Miz. No pun intended. You know why? <laughs> Sweetie Todd kills in their show, and Blaine Miz, everybody dies. So there That's you go. That's hilarious. And that question was from Kate Kerrigan. <laughs> Oh, that is an amazing question. I love Kate Carrigan. That's too funny. So I have some rapid-fire questions for you before we head out. I want to get to know you as a person, and not even just an artist, but just okay. different things. Wonderful. Looking forward to it. All right, here we go. So what is your favorite color? My favorite color is yellow. Favorite candy? My favorite candy is probably Baby Ruth. Favorite TV show? My favorite TV show right off the top of my head, I gotta say Seinfeld. Yes. Favorite pre-show meal? Favorite pre-show meal is uh, pizza. It's easy. Cheese and bread. It's easy. <laughs> yes. Favorite post-show meal? Uh, beer and lots more alcohol on top of that. <laughs> favorite show currently running on Broadway? Favorite show currently running on Broadway. I gotta hand it, not just because he's in it, and everybody loves Hamilton, so that's a big note to but School of Rock is a really good time. Yeah. Kids play the hell out of those songs. Right? I think the story is always funny, and Alex Brightman kills it every night. Absolutely. It's crazy. I have not seen it yet. I have a, one of my former students is understudying. I haven't seen it yet. I gotta go see it. It's crazy. It's pretty, I mean, those kids blow my mind. Ugh. What is your favorite go-to musical genre? Um, in terms of musical theater or in terms of just music genre? Music genre at all. Uh, my favorite go-to. God, I think every year it changes, and this year it's bluegrass, believe it or not. Really? Yeah, I'm liking a lot of bluegrass. That's interesting. Now, have you seen, with that, have you seen Bright Star yet? I have not seen Bright Star, but I got some friends in that, and I'm dying to see Bright Star. I've just been traveling so much, I haven't had a chance to see any of the shows I would love to see. That's too cool. That's awesome. Now, if you could do, and if you could be in any other occupation, what would it be? Any other occupation besides my own, I think it would have to be teaching, like, in a school. Like, I would love to be... Uh, a writing teacher at a university or I would love to be just a homeroom teacher at like a high school or middle school or elementary school. So you really do like educating. I, despite how little I like being educated, I really enjoy, uh, because there are, I just know that there are kids who are like me and felt misunderstood by the teacher because their teacher was trying to teach by the book instead of looking at each student as an individual. Right. And my brother, my brother is, he's only a year older than me. He's a very decorated teacher. He's got awards for teaching. I sat in on his classes and he's, he just knows how to talk to kids and get them inspired since everybody's our future. I think that that's kind of a really important thing. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, what's your favorite movie? My favorite movie, hands down, is The Big Lebowski. Yes. Uh, favorite Broadway cast recording? Favorite Broadway cast recording. That is a really good question. Ooh, this might take one second of thought. Um, favorite Broadway cast recording? Uh, the Full Monty. No, oh, so good. I love that score. Guilty Pleasure Snack. Guilty pleasure snack? Oh, I don't know. Donuts on top of pizza, on top of cake and cookies and all that shit combined. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my god. Favorite holiday? Favorite holiday is Christmas, just because I love the family time. Right. Favorite season? Favorite season is spring, right now. Yes. Favorite coast, east or west coast? I was such a west coast guy, and I still very much am. But I'm, I mean, I've been in New York for almost 10 years now, and I've just in the last year or two been referring to it as home. So I think the East Coast has really grown on me. Okay. But, I mean, I don't know. That's a really tough question. Uh, that's good. That one flips and flops. Right now with the East Coast, but for most of my life, it's been West Coast. Okay. Favorite vacation spot? Um, I really loved Italy. Oh, it's, I heard it's beautiful. I wish I could. I wish I could go. I have not been yet, but I will go at some point. It is so gorgeous. Florence, in particular, Florence is uh, amazing. And your favorite dream, your dream role, past or present? Favorite dream role. I would love to play. Well, actually, I gotta say, Mark and Rent. I played him, and I'd love to play him again. I don't even want a role that are built for someone like me. And that one just, I feel like I can do those songs and that character a whole lot of justice. So I'd say Mark from Rent. Oh, awesome. Well, that, sir, is the completion of all of my rapid-fire questions. Right on. But I want to make sure that everybody has an opportunity to go to your website, which is www.thedrewgasparini.com. And you can download sheet music, I believe. I was on there the other day. You can... Order albums, different things like that. You're on the Twitter at Drew Gasparini, and you have a YouTube page, and you're on Instagram. You're everywhere. Yes, indeed. It's all over the place. So you can't be on the internet and not find me. (laughs) Well, good. Please, everybody, go buy music from Drew Gasparini. Do not get it from somebody else. Pay the artist. Pay the ones that write it. Buy that music. You will not regret it. I am so excited you were here today. Thank you. I was happy to be here, man. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks again, and hopefully we'll chat soon. When you have the next group of things coming out, we'll get back together and chat. Sounds great, dude. All right. Thanks. Have a great day. Uh, You too, man. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.